0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. We are on the cusp of a new month. March starts tomorrow, Friday. If you're watching on Facebook, you're watching this live. If you're catching us on YouTube, our podcast, maybe it's already in March when this particular episode is reaching you. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media, specifically focused on the state of Texas. This podcast and show has been running for over six years, and we hope to keep that going. You see value in our work. Make a donation today at txvalues.org. For the state of Texas and maybe other parts of the country, but Texas for sure, we're in the middle of the second week of early voting. Main election day is next week, March 5th. You might be thinking, well, that's the presidential. Isn't this stuff really already decided? Uh, that's not the case. There is more on the ballot than the presidential election, but that is important. And look, there are challengers on both sides. I know in many ways people think, okay, these issues have sort of been resolved and decided and that, you know, particularly like on the Republican side, it's just Trump. There are other people on the ballot other than Trump. So uh, you do want to go vote if that's who you intend to vote for. Don't take for granted some of these races because you've seen a lot of ads or whatever that those people don't have a an opponent, particularly in Texas House races, a number— of Texas House races are challenged races, or there's competitiveness, or it's an open seat, or it's an incumbent who has a challenger. So you want to make sure you're informed. We got a great resource through Texas Values Action, freevotersguide.com. You can check out that information to make sure you have all the things you know. Friday's the last day of early voting, but then the main election day is Tuesday, March 5th. So don't wait too long. Make sure you're equipped and get out there and vote. And if you have informa- uh, excuse me, questions about this, please let us know. Send an email to your faith leader, your pastor, uh, your priest, whoever, and say, hey, mention a reminder this weekend during church services. Listen, we got a great guest today too on the Texas Values Report, so I want to make sure we have plenty of time for him. There is no question that Texas Values has been involved and been the leader on the Save Women Sports issue in the state of Texas. But there are a lot of other people that have been a part of it. We know that the swimmer, Will, Leah Thomas, who really raised the visibility of this issue a couple of years ago, is from the state of Texas. We're going to touch on that in just a minute. But so much of this has revolved around the NCAA's role in this particular issue. And so when uh, a week or so ago, an article hit and news hit that a member of the NCAA committee, one of their committee members and board members had resigned and put out an article on Wall Street Journal. It got a lot of news and it certainly got our attention. So our guest today is that actual individual. Uh, Bill Bach is an attorney from Indiana. He serves as a partner at a law firm there, but he was for many years, uh, over two decades, a public member of the uh, NCAA Division I Committee on Infractions. And recently, he said he had had enough. His articles titled "NCAA Cheats Female Athletes Again" on the Wall Street Journal. Mr. Bach, welcome to the Texas Values Report.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be here this morning.
0: And I'll work on calling you, Bill, as you told me or encouraged me to do. <laughs> Please do. As Please we do. were getting set up. For the show today, Um, you and I were talking a little bit. You have been on quite a few national shows since the article came out. And I want to get into a little bit more detail about the article. But your background is quite extraordinary. And this will be important for a lot of our folks here in Texas. And I want you to get into a little bit of that detail for many of us that may not understand what the role of an NCAA board member is, um, what you would do on the Committee of Infractions, and, but I know one thing that all of us know about is what happened when Lance Armstrong got himself into some trouble, and there was a lot of attention. You were a general counsel for the US Anti Doping Agency uh, for 14 years, and you were a part of this investigation with Armstrong. And I'm gonna circle back in around to a minute while that's even more important, but um, you've had quite a bit of experience on these issues, so you certainly know what it means. To have fairness in competition in sport, but you're not. You're also no stranger to when controversy comes up to doing the right thing. Tell us a little bit more about those roles and why you've been involved in in the NCAA roles for so many years and why that's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jonathan. You know, sport is um, is a place where values are really played out, and we look to um, athletes and um, sports teams as Frequently, role models certainly. I had many role models when when I was a kid growing up and playing sports, and um, and you learn a lot of life lessons from sports. So, uh, as many people do, I kind of gravitated to that, and um, I didn't um, have the capability to to make an Olympic team, but I saw that I could help people that that did, and that's kind of what led me into um, into a, a career in sports law, um, and. Fairly early on, um, after representing athletes for a number of years, um, I was asked by the United States Olympic Committee to be a part of a committee that was working on forming an independent anti-doping organization, which ultimately became U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, USADA. Um, so was involved kind of on the ground level there, asked by USADA's first CEO in 2001 uh, to, to uh, provide legal services to the organization, which which really uh, meant um, conducting investigations of the use of performance enhancing drugs in sports, and then bringing forward cases um, to, to try to level the playing field um, in Olympic sport in the United States. And I did that from 2001 um, really through 2021, um, 14 years of that time period, um, I was general counsel for USADA and um, and that finished up in 2020, but 2021, uh, I was wrapping up a lot of cases uh, for them. So that the the um, I, I love the name of the Texas Values Report because <laughs> I think when you're talking about um, ethics, when you're but you're talking about any area, uh, whether it be business or sport, um, whatever you do you got to figure out what your north star is what where you're headed and the way to do that is to understand what are the values that underline you know our our enterprise uh, what is our mission and um, you know the the number one value in sport ought to always be competitive fairness and number two very close behind ought to be safety and on this issue of males participating in the female category, it it violates both of those two principles. It's not fair to women. It's not safe. and And as a result, it result it actually results in discrimination to women. Um, well, look and,
0: back, yep. and you're you're seeing more and more women every day come forward and say, this is out of control. We've had enough. Can someone please step up and do the right thing? Which is what you yeah. did recently. We we're talking with Bill Bach. He is a former member now of the NCAA Committee on Infractions, a board member for many years. He's got quite a bit of history in sports law. He's a licensed attorney himself. Little shout out to your U.M. um football team. Your law degree, at least from their uh, national championship. Look, I mean. You know, sports is a big deal. I mean, we look at the national championship game. We look at Olympics. You know, you're talking about people that spend their entire lives, much of their youth, preparing for those moments to be at the greatest level. And not for selfish reasons. Many of them are on on teams. It allows them, though, so many of them to get their education. Some of those people from the Michigan football team and um, University of Washington and even my third-place Longhorns, um, if you will, in that football dynamic, Many of them are going to go on to play professional sports, but most of them are not. Most of them, that's it for their career and still at a really high level, but it gave them an opportunity to go to college, to get a degree that they're going to go on and do great things with. And, you know, that's why the NCAA has been so important for so many years for one reason, but that's why now so many people are so upset. You resigned from your position recently. You put out an article in the Wall Street Journal about this, and you talk about your history with Lance Uh, Armstrong in that whole situation and Armstrong's, uh, you know, really fall from greatness. And look, I mean, he was practically worshipped in the city of Austin where we're located. We don't have a professional sports team other than the University of Texas, if you will. And so when he was so successful, there were paintings and there were pictures and there were murals. I mean, the guy was a hero, right? I mean, for the country, but even in Austin, I mean, he was a celebrity. And so to take on that issue, but I want to talk about one thing you said in the article Um, you, You sort of allude to this in that history, and you say, Yet, the competitive advantage that Mr. Armstrong obtained through doping pales in comparison to the one that transgender swimmer Leah Thomas had over female rivals due to retained male advantage. And this is one of the keys about you coming forward, resigning and talking publicly about these issues. Your credibility is very high. You know these issues well. And, and better than many, to be able to help people understand why this is such an important issue. Was there a breaking point for you to where you are like, I've had enough, I've got to talk about this, and I've got to do what's right?
1: Uh, there cer- certainly was, and, and this was a, a decision that was kind of um, uh, made in my mind, but over, over a period of time because I, I thought um, really before uh, 2021, 2022, this issue hadn't, um, re- risen to the level where people really believe that it, males in significant numbers were were going to be competing against women, and um, and so I, I kind of um, took it a little bit on on faith that uh, the administrators at the NCAA um, would get around to looking at the science, which is is pretty clear and pretty evident, um, having had. Hundreds of cases involving use of performance-enhancing drugs and 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 the detection of of those drugs, um, and, and understanding what that does to sport performance. You know, have maybe a leg up. Um, but I assume good faith. I, I assumed that the the North Stars in sport of of athlete uh, competitive fairness and athlete safety would would ultimately win out. But uh, I saw that wasn't happening. Um, The the Leah Thomas situation um, brought it to the forefront in really 2021-2022 for the NCAA, and they made all the wrong decisions. Um, So from that point forward, when I went to Division I Committee on Infraction meetings and had the opportunity to to just talk with my uh, fellow committee members, I would generally try to bring this topic up and, and ask them what they thought and talk. Talk about my experience in anti-doping that translated to um, these issues of performance enhancement. What I realized was that there wasn't a lot of disagreement about the fact that it's unfair and that it's harmful to women. But but um, at the same time, I saw nothing happening. And um, so that's what caused me to, to realize that it's, it's not um, it, it's not a matter of information and science anymore. It's a matter really of, of values and courage and whether we're willing to stand up for, for what is important about sport. Um, and if you're not, um, you you shouldn't, uh, I, I, I think if, if you're in an ethical, a role of ethical responsibility at the NCAA, and I was, Um, It was no longer consistent with me for me to be there any longer because the policy that they are pursuing is unethical.
0: Well, look, and I could argue for a variety of reasons that your value might be more so what you're doing now, talking publicly about these issues, expressing your frustration. Because if the NCA is not going to do something, to your point, yeah, what's the good of being on this committee? I mean, it's sort of a sham, right? And you know, it's hard to talk about the save women's sports issue and not talk about Riley Gaines or talk about Leah Thomas and Will Thomas. But there are a lot of other athletes that are coming for you. Got Macy Petty and so many other people, young ladies that are being so courageous. Absolutely. I have been at so many events with Riley Gaines where she is attacked viciously, right? And you know this. She's one of the most accomplished swimmers, not only in the country, not only in the University of Kentucky, but ever in American history. To compete at that level takes an incredible amount of discipline, planning, all kinds of sacrifice over time. And she's putting her legacy and a lot of things on the line, even though she shouldn't have to because of the scrutiny she's coming under. So you can yes. ma- ma- imagine the pressure for her that she comes—she's been attacked. I mean, she's had—she's been held hostage. Um, we escaped out of an unmarked black vehicle at an mm-hmm. event. We were at the University of North Texas at Texas Women's University because people were out of control. Um, but having you come forward, right, and say, look, I was a part of the NCAA, and these are my words, the system's broken, and no one's doing anything about it, and someone has to say something. You get into that in a little bit more detail. We'll post an article in the chat and also online. You made this one uh, comment in your Wall Street Journal article. The framework, and you're talking about um, the, the, this whole system that the NCAA came up with a new policy, right, of how they were going to handle these transgender student-athlete issues and the, um, the new policy they came up with in 2020. The framework is founded on the false premise that a woman is merely a testosterone level. thats could sum it up. I mean, you couldn't sum it up any better. You did a great job of of writing, by the way. This policy harms women, denies biological reality, reality, ignores that testosterone suppression doesn't offset the enormous performance uh, advantage of being male and provides cover for NCAA member institutions to violate federal laws protecting women. Um, since the article came out, what's the response you're getting from people that, you know, sort of been waiting for someone to say something since the NCAA hasn't taken the right action?
1: You know, literally hundreds and hundreds of texts and emails of people saying, thank you. Thank you for for standing up. But we've, we've been wanting somebody to, to do this. Um, and, and, and I have to add to, to what you said uh, about um Riley Gaines and Macy Petty, and the other uh, ladies that are standing up on this issue, and they are being mercilessly attacked. Um, it takes tremendous courage for these young women to to stand up. Um, you know, these are uh, ladies that are just starting out in their career. And, and they're taking on this issue where there's so much um, pushback and so much uh, vitriol. So I really want to, to um, turn the spotlight on back on them because um, you know they're, they're the ones that are really showing courage. Um, and I think the toughest place to show that courage these days is on our college campuses around the country um, where these, these women are sometimes ostracized. They they are they they are put down they're threatened, and um, and that's another reason that people need to speak up is that we need to de- defend um, these courageous warriors these young ladies on college campuses that are standing up for what's right because um, and we need to let them know they're not alone. Uh, that, yeah, well, that we and.
0: Support them. And to your point, we're talking with Bill Bach. He is a former member of the NCAA Committee on Infractions. He's been involved in sports law for over two decades. He was a part of the uh, United States U.S. Anti-Doping Agency when that issue was embroiled in these circumstances with Lance Armstrong that led to uh, the end of his career and in many ways— um, you know his reputation. Those are not easy decisions to make. And you're right that you know the to be on campus to be a current athlete right now. You know, and not to take anything with Riley Gaines. Her career is over swimming. Thank God she's got the opportunity and time now to stand up. But think about these young ladies that are still competing. We've had some of those athletes work with us at the state legislature and other places. And, you know, look, you've got states all over the country, I think we're almost over 25 now, of states that are saying, you know, if the NCAA is not going to do something and so on, we're going to make it clear... In our state law, how to handle these things, you got a federal administration trying to change these things, even though Congress hasn't done anything. And speaking of Congress, have you had an opportunity or has an invitation been extended to you from uh, from Speaker Mike Johnson or anyone at the congressional level saying, hey, Chip Roy, others, hey, we w- we'd to love-, love to have you come testify about the situation and your experience?
1: No, I haven't. And, and to be fair, I, I haven't uh, contacted anybody, so... Uh, they, they they may well not uh, be aware of the situation, but haven't been asked to testify.
0: Look, I think that'd be a great next step. Um, tell us, and we're going to make sure with this article and your role in this, and, and really this is, I mean, I think this is, you know, a key moving forward that, I mean, do you think there are other NCAA board members or people on committees that share your concerns that, you know, may be sort of close to that tipping point of saying, I want to come forward and say something too, because I think it's not right.
1: I definitely do. I, they're They are good people on those committees. and and um, you know, it, it took me uh, two and a half, three years of really thinking about this issue to to um, make the decision to come forward. So uh, I, you know, the fact that I came out um, to, you know, stand up on this issue more publicly um, when I did, uh, to me it does not um, say anything about people that are currently on the committees and working through these issues and um, i I had more information than most and that was helpful to me to to really make the decision to do the right thing but cool. um but but yeah I think that there there are there's still a lot of good people at the NCAA and and there's still a chance uh to you know for that organization to redeem itself and get on frankly, the right side of history on this issue.
0: Well, and I'm going to get close to concluding on this. You mentioned towards the beginning of the article some frustration in in regards to current NCAA president, Charlie Baker. You may be aware of this. About a year ago, we were right in front of the NCAA's uh, national convention or event in San Antonio, Texas. It was in January. It was a cold, windy day. We were out there with Riley Gaines, other women athletes, many that have been around for decades that were a part of the Olympics, and handed him a letter actually expressing these concerns, how women, female athletes had had enough of being mistreated. Have you heard anything from Charlie Baker since your article came out and since you left the committee?
1: No, Jonathan. And frankly, I actually was aware of you being involved in doing that and and Riley doing that. And and that wasn't the only time that... that uh, women have have sought to approach um, Charlie Baker on that issue, and and that was part of why I came forward as well. Is that, that there's been a bit of a stiff arm, you know? The, the stiff arm looks good on the Heisman Trophy. It doesn't look good on Charlie Baker, um, no. and the stiff arm that women are getting is is reprehensible. It needs to stop. He needs to to um, to to make some changes right now. Well, and not just Charlie Baker. Brian yeah. Hainline, who's the chief medical officer at the NCAA, um, he needs to look at the research from the Karolinska Institute and Dr. Tommy Lundberg and Emma Hilton, um, a, a biologist in England who've done research papers on this issue and make it very, very clear that, that the NCAA is disserving uh, women female
0: athletes. Well, you made the point earlier too, not only a fairness issue, a safety issue. There are some sports, basketball, volleyball, and others where women are extremely vulnerable to being uh, injured by much larger and aggressive athletes, if you will, muscular athletes. I mean, and it's interesting too, that this is issue not about facts and science. I mean, the facts and science make this issue very easy and simple. And, and I feel like there's, you know, whether it's a cover-up, People know what's going on and and there's got to be some effort to stop the information from coming forward or sort of ignore it uh, because I think common sense, and the reality of this cries out and says, this is wrong. And and to your point, someone, people are going to get hurt. They've already gotten hurt. There, there's. I imagine yeah. we're going to see more lawsuits come forward. You know, and I think it's, it's really in many ways jeopardized the reputation and the place that NCAA has in sports. And not only for this issue. They got some other stuff nipping at their heels too for many years. And so I think they're on the verge of really losing their relevancy if they're not careful and they don't have a whole lot of time left. In my opinion, I think there are a lot of states like Texas and others that are like, we don't need the NCAA. I mean, they're in the way. Our states and many of these other larger states have so much of ability to have a great sports program or great sports facilities. You know, what's the NCAA got to do with it if they're not going to do the right thing? We'll see how that plays out. I think you coming forward, we're talking with Bill Bach, former member of the NCAA Committee on Infractions. He's got a great article out in the Wall Street Journal. Titled NCAA Cheats Female Athletes, again, he's resigned from his position in many ways in protest and frustration over many years of seeing the NCAA not doing anything about the Save Women sports issue and seeing women get hurt, taken advantage of, and losing opportunities And, you know, this is uh, really a a continuation and some momentum, I think, is on side of this issue. But hopefully we'll see some other people come forward. Uh, Bill, look, it's been great talking with you today. We'd love to have you come on again, talk about more of an update. If you get the opportunity, you hear of more NCAA board members that are going to leave as well. We'd love to be in contact with them to continue to get this information out there and to continue to say thank you for the courage that you're
1: demonstrating on such an important issue. Jonathan, it's great to be with you this morning again, and thank you for what you're doing to get the the message out. Really appreciate it. Bill Bach,
0: former NCAA committee member who has left his post in protest because of the Save Women's Sports issue, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Jonathan. Wow, a lot of ground to cover there. Um, We've got the article posted in the chat. We'll get it on our website, social media. This is one of the most important conversations that we're having right now. You know, um, and look, obviously, I'm look. Texas has done something about it. We have a, a law at the K 12 and the college sports level. So it's not like that's over. We continue to get reports that some universities in Texas are still not following the law or trying to pressure people to be quiet about it. But it's not as if the the end of this is the law, but it certainly gives us a better opportunity from which to stand up and uh, be strong on this issue. But we need you to do your part as well, right? We need more female athletes to speak about their concerns about it and we'll continue to do our best, best, excuse me, to back you up. We know Riley Gaines is about everywhere she can be to try to be a voice and a face on this issue. Other women, the female athletes, are joining her. And that's encouraging. Y'all heard me talk about it before. I have a female athlete in my own home. Shout out to my daughter who was named the MVP of her cheer team at her school last night. I know she's super excited about it, but it's made a difference to her. You know, and, and I don't mind saying this publicly. Um, You know, all three of my kids, I hope, go on to, to college and do great things. But, you know, she's not been quite as interested in the college route as her brothers until she thought about the opportunity to continue an athletic career and that that includes college. That's gotten her more excited and interested, and she sees how it fits together with her education. I think there are a lot of athletes, not just female, but certainly sometimes that can be a little bit more challenging with less opportunities in athletics for women at times to see that opportunity, to build those relationships. You have got to have discipline. You've got to have character. You've got to have commitment. These are all key values that can lead to you having uh, a successful professional life, to making a difference in society. And so many women are learning those values and really being at the best because of sports. And so look, we're in the middle of early voting, though. Don't I don't want you to lose sight of that. Some of these people are on the ballot that have been a voice for the Save Women sports issue, that have been a part of that. Um, You want to check check out our um, partner organization, TX Values Action, to find out more information about that. Look, if you care about these issues, you got to do something about it. you got to go vote. you got to encourage people to do those things too because so many of these things are going to come down to law and policy or that's going to be one of the few things where we can hold the line and have some influence and sway over that. So don't forget to vote. Early voting ends this Friday. Main election day is March 5th, um, Tuesday, March 5th here in the state of Texas. And you need resources, go to our website. Go to freevotersguide.com and check those out. Big controversy at University of Houston. My law alma mater yesterday where they've got the satanic abortion idol. We were in Fort Worth ISD earlier in the week. A lot of things to cover. Check out our social media. Check our website. And if you see value in our work, please make a tax-deductible donation today. That's how together we can protect faith family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.